TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Uh, sorry, Bill Mason. I know it. you love it when I play it that long. Anyway, welcome. Uh, it is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Um, I believe it's a Chinook helicopter that I saw today flying over the house. I put the picture up on uh, Bowerly and WBEN. I'm sorry, Bowerly on Facebook, the uh, Facebook page. And it was just, it was so cool. I stepped outside and I heard a chopper and I knew it wasn't Mercy Flight because I'm used to what Mercy Flight sounds like. And it didn't sound like a privately owned chopper. It sounded like a chopper with girth. And there's nothing like girth. And uh, I look up, I'm waiting for it to clear, and there it is, this beautiful helicopter. It is a Chinook, right? I just don't know what series it might be or the vintage Chinook it is because they've been in service for a long time. And uh, put a picture of it up, uh, Bowerly on WBEN. Uh, not a bad picture considering it was a cell phone and I really wasn't wa- – I, I, I don't know why I had the cell phone with me. I just got lucky. Of course, uh, I had a cell phone with me the other night when I uh, had a skunk in the backyard. And I'm, I'll tell you something. I'm a skunk magnet. I, I, I don't know what it is, but this skunk – I'm standing in the backyard minding my own business and uh, this little critter, except this time I knew it was a skunk. I'm watching a skunk back by the fence doing skunk stuff. Then it, it kind of looks at me, and it starts walking very slowly toward me. And uh, there's one thing in life I really don't want. I don't really want to experience being sprayed by a skunk. I know it's not the end of the world, but I can do without it. Thank you very much. So uh, it gets about 15 feet away, and I just said, and I, I just I didn't want to freak him out. I just, in a very soft voice, I said, I'm a human being, buddy. You don't want to come by me. And then he slowly turned around and walked in the other direction. He wasn't freaked out. No signs of being panicked whatsoever. And uh, I don't know. It was just. It was just kind of. It was just kind of cool. Skunks don't see that well. If if you're wondering, uh, I saw him probably a lot better. Than he saw me, which believe me is something. Anyway. It's uh, 11 minutes after 5 at News Radio 930 WBEN. I want to thank everybody uh, for the suggestions for the lady with the World War II stuff that was in the house that she bought. You know, I've told this story on the air maybe too many times, but talking about relics that got left behind in a house, I don't think anybody will ever top the story that happened kind of to my family Back in the 1970s, when Aunt Ella went into the nursing home, they sold the house on Massachusetts Avenue. The guy who bought the house on Massachusetts Avenue goes in the basement. What does he find? He finds a World War I bomb, the kind they used to drop out of airplanes. 
before the era of, of bombers. You know, they used to fly over trenches and let these things go out of the plane, and maybe they'd get lucky. Um, but the thing was actually live. And there was a big picture in the newspaper of this cop from Buffalo holding up this World War II bomb. And uh, it I believe it did detonate. Uh, so I'm kind of glad maybe that uh, my mom didn't let me go in the basement. I insisted that we go in the basement. The grown-ups said, no, there's nothing in the basement. Lying grown-ups. Now, uh, I don't know. I, I understand something. Every day I come into work. I've got a list of topics. I've got a list I keep in my bag of topics, and I get daily suggested topics and update topics and everything like that. But I never really know where the show is going to go until it goes. We started out today talking about the McRib, because the McRib is coming back on Halloween, and it's going to be on sale until November the 20th. And every time I hear about McRib, I always think of the scene from Hangover 3. Dear Leslie, OMG, the McRib is back. Why was it ever gone? Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we started off with that. And then we got into some other stuff. And then we started talking about the uh, uh, this lady who moved into this house and she found all this World War II memorabilia. Um, there's a, a field training manual in there, uh, but she didn't really get too detailed in her uh, return email to me. She uh, heard the suggestions. She's going to check in with the Facebook page with uh, the other suggestions that you made on the Facebook page. But um, I want to get off of that specific topic, and I want to ask you, I want to ask you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into dangerous waters here. In other words, I want your phone calls. Because uh, I got to ask you something. In your family, all right, you, we all have families. In your family, do you have any um, family relic that is of great sentimental value? Think about this. In your family, do you have anything of great sentimental value or stuff that you think is pretty cool in the family? Now, I will say that in my family, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll get into that in, in a moment, but you remember the show we did about are you related to anybody famous? And do you remember all of the people who called in and all of the famous people you guys are related to out there in Radio Land? I, I wonder how many of you who are related to somebody famous actually have anything from that famous person in your house. All the people who called in, well, I'm related to Benedict Arnold. I wonder, do you did, did anything from Benedict Arnold actually make it to you in the present day? Because... Folks, we all throw stuff out. You have to throw stuff out. You can't save every macaroni picture your kids drew you uh, or, or made for you. You can't save every hand turkey your kids gave you over the years or your house would be cluttered beyond belief. And when somebody in your family sells a home, maybe they go into a nursing home, maybe they, they die. There is stuff left behind. It is impossible to save everything that was left behind. For example, in my kitchen, I have my grandparents' old kitchen table. Now, 
I got to be honest, the thing is basically a piece of junk. <laughs> but it has a little bit of sentimental value for me. Hey, I remember sitting here when I was a kid, and now it's in my house. Um, I was able to buy at auction my great-great-grandfather's Civil War diary from 1864, but that didn't stay in the family. That left the family. I had to buy it back. And when I die, I hope my kids understand, don't throw this out. It has value. You can sell it. It's a Civil War diary. They fetch big money. You know, maybe a little bit of money anyway. But is there anything that you've got around the house that is super cool? Like, do you have anybody's World War II memorabilia or World War I memorabilia? Or is there something in your family from the Civil War? Like, hey, here's great-great-great-grandpa's Civil War saber from when he was in the cavalry. Or here's his kepi hat from the Army, from the Civil War. Do, do you have any cool family artifacts? Now, they might be worth uh, some, they might have some value on the market, but they might also have some sentimental value to you. Do you have anything in your family that is super cool that you can look back on and say, wow, a member of my family had this 100 years ago, 200 years ago, and now I'm holding it? And I, I will confess, the 1864 great-great-grandfather Civil War diary, every time I hold that, it's a special feeling. Like, wow, this is what my great-great-grandfather was holding when he was writing in the trenches at Petersburg, Virginia. Holy cow, this is super cool. It's a really stirring feeling. Do you have anything like that or like the World War II stuff that the lady's trying to find a home for who sent the email? I didn't plan on doing this as a topic, but sometimes the best shows, the best shows are unplanned. Like sometimes the best babies are unplanned. Look at me. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Yes, well, I'm, not, I'm not the only accident in the world. Uh, let's go to Sarah on a cell phone. Sarah, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hello. My, uh, my grandmother, which I call Omi, she grew up in Nazi Germany. And when it came to the end of the war... She met my grandfather, who was in camps, and he, they fell in love, you know, the whole thing. And when, um, in order to get a wedding ring, they had to make them out of coins. And they would take them down to the silversmith and stuff like that, because it was a small town. And they made a, a ring. And it has my grandmother's um, first uh, initial and then part of her last name. And it says Christmas 1947. And it I wear it every single day of my life. I never take it off. It means so much to me because I was so close with them. Oh. And it was amazing when she told me the story about it. That, that is okay. an amazing... Does it say Christmas or does it say Weinachten? It says... that. I, it says... Uh, it starts with a W. Weinachten. I can't really... Yep. That's what it says. Um, wow. Right, every day. That is so... That, now, when you say that your grandfather was in a camp, what kind of a camp? Was it a concentration camp? The quote-unquote... I started when I did my heredity.com, the misplaced, uh, or is it like misplaced persons camps, because he was originally from the Ukraine, and then he got, he ran away, and then he ended up at work farms, and then work camps, and like, I found all the paperwork, I can't read it, because I don't know German, you know, Polish and Ukrainian too well, so I have all that paperwork, 
and of when he, where he was, and a lot of it was around Walburn, Germany, and that's he was on a work farm, and that's how he met my grandmother. So you know the the funny then, thing uh, is if you've got if you've got a couple of pages that you want translated, I know in our audience we have a lot of people who speak Polish and probably some who speak Ukrainian, probably some who speak Russian. If, if you want to send me a page or two you want translated. Um, you can email me, Tom, at WBEN.com. Be happy to put it up and see what we can do. Yeah, I can do that. I I have, like, the pictures, like, it, you know, some of the pictures that I have, are, you know, of the, my grandmother are amazing. Like, they're not amazing to others, but to me, like, they're part of our history. Like, with uh, the, U, the, the Nazi use and stuff like that, I mean, they were forced into it. They didn't want to be in it. Most of them didn't have a choice. And I lost, I think I lost two uncles, great uncles in the war. And my grandfather, my great grandfather was in a war camp. He was a POW on, for Russia. He was arrested, um, put in a camp and he was, met, he was gone for like four years. Oh, so. o- only four. Uh, a lot of those guys spent spent about ten spent about ten years. Didn't come back till about nineteen fifty three. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Sarah. I appreciate the call. What a great story! And I- I'd be yeah. happy to post uh, anything you want to send. If you want to send like five, six pages, I'll put them up on Facebook, and we'll get those translated for you. I'm pretty sure in pretty rapid order. I wasn't expecting to do this today, but it just you know it worked out this way, and I'm I'm just going with the flow, baby. Family relics in your household, family heirlooms, what do you have? I love the lady's story about the ring uh, and the post-Nazi era in, in Germany, and she wears her grandmother's wedding ring, Weihnachten 1947, every single day, Christmas 1947. Let's go to Edmund in uh, Buffalo. Edmund, you're on WBEN. What do you have to uh, stir our passions in our hearts? Well, Tom, my uh, my grandfather was in Congress in the 50s. Uh, I'm named after him. And um, I've got a lot of neat stuff. I've got um, invitations to inaugurations, uh, inaugural balls. Um, I've got uh, memorial license plates for driving in inauguration parades. Um, I've the some of the really neat stuff um i've got four they're spread amongst the family i only have one um congressional trunks um they used to give you a steamer trunk uh to take all your papers home from washington uh so uh it's they're all blue trunks with brass fittings uh they all say u.s house of representatives um but actually the the what I would consider the crown jewel of the collection uh, has nothing to do with his time in Congress. Uh, it's his 1929 um, hockey sweater from East High School with his varsity letter. You have got uh, to be kidding me. No, it's, that uh, is it's awesome. That's it's awesome. A beautiful piece. Edmund, do you uh, feel like telling us the name of your uh, uh, predecessor or would you rather not? Um, yeah, Edmund Radwan. Um, Want to spell that for me a little before my time? Yeah, uh, well, Edmund with a U, uh, E-D-M-U-N-D, and R-A-D-W-A-N. 
Uh, I'm going to look him up. I don't know. I've never heard the name, but uh, it just shows you how fleeting fame uh, is. But uh, that that is super, super awesome. And I, I would bet you that on the market, like auction, that stuff would probably get uh, quite a few dollars. Some of it does. Some of it's, you know, some of it I've found is kind of common. Um, but um, And the congressional trunks, you don't see a lot of um, – but uh, those are those are, I think, one of the more rare items. Unfortunately, he died so young in 1959 um, that my grandmother purged tons of stuff. Mm. Um, unfortunately, uh, actually, something I have of hers, not not a relic, as you'd say, but. Um, because he was on the Foreign Affairs Committee, he met uh, Princess, she, they both met, Princess Elizabeth and Queen Elizabeth two different times, uh, once as a princess, one as a queen. Well, that, that's... Uh, we've got photos that were in Life magazine. Well, that is uh, super cool. And uh, yeah, he died at, what, 48 years of age. The most remarkable mm-hmm. thing about your, uh, your grandfather... Mm-hmm. Is, is that he was a Republican, and he got elected from out of here. That's the amazing thing. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you know, many years ago. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Edmund. That's a great call. I appreciate it uh, very much. Yeah, no problem. Thank uh, you. That is some really cool stuff. And I guess, yeah, some of it would be common, but it probably means more to him. But the 1929 East High School hockey jersey, I don't know if Buffalo schools have a museum, but, uh, boy, it, it'd be a shame if that thing ever got thrown out. I actually threw out my old hockey jerseys. <laughs> like they're ever going to be worth anything, but it was kind of sad. But like I say, you got to you got to purge some stuff. Yes, I wore it. Yes, I had fun in it, but it was time to let it go. And it's funny because I used to be so all about uh, the hat trick patches, and uh, you know, when you're a kid, you like that recognition, and then. As a 50-something-year-old man, I just looked at those jerseys and the patches and said, well, you know what, that was fun, but it's time to clear out my house and uh, make some room. Um, but, that you know, you're, you're supposed to do that. Otherwise, guys, we every one of us would have stuff from the 1600s around us. This is from my great-great-great-great. <laughs> people lose stuff. People sell stuff. People break stuff. And people lose interest in stuff. I don't know that I own anything that my kids would be interested in. I wonder what's in the Clintons' um, steamer trunks. Or would the question be, who's in the Clintons' steamer trunks? Just wondering. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. How we got to this point really doesn't matter at this point. The question is uh, Do you have any super cool family heirlooms that you've got? It's been passed on to you through the years. You ever seen dances? I think it was Dances with Wolves. Do you remember the scene where one of the chiefs pulls out this old Spanish conquistadores helmets from maybe, maybe 300 years earlier? Um, I think it was Dances with Wolves, but it was a very powerful moment in whatever movie that was. It was a very powerful moment because I thought to myself, wow, I realize this is fiction, but still for people to hold on to something that old and that long shows a real commitment, (laughs) a real commitment. 803-0930-STAR-930-1800-616-WBEN. Back to the calls. Um, cool family heirlooms that you have. Here's Susie in uh, Hamburg. What's yours? What's your favorite? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I have, um, my dad was in World War II. He was in the Navy, and he was on the USS Bennington. It was an aircraft carrier, and I have his, he kept a a diary of what they did, where they were, what ports they were in. Um, Very detailed um, he kept a sloppy copy, and then I guess when he got out, he made a nice, neat copy. And I need to make it – I need to keep it somehow It's because it's kind of fading. But it's really interesting. The, the ports they were in, it was from August 6, 1944, and he ended his entries in April 3, 1945. They had a part in sinking the Yamamoto wow. – Yamato, sorry. Um, and they were, they were all over. I mean um, – and he's got, oh, I have tons of pictures that he kept in a trunk, hmm. um, all sorts of things, not just this little diary, all sorts of mementos from the ship, um, uh, pictures and menus, menus, like what they're having for dinner, um, tons of pictures. And I, I know you're a boat nerd, and he went on to become a diver, had his own diving company. And um, he was the guy who actually salvaged the um, Tewksbury in 1959. Oh, boy, that came up just the other week, uh, the Tewksbury. The people, you can look that up online, Tewksbury, Buffalo, New York. It was a big story back in the day. Um, that That is super cool. So what are you going to do with all of this stuff? Because it sounds super cool, but at some point you will shed your mortal coil. Where does this stuff go? Well, I'm going to somehow digitize the um, the diary, and I, I'm not real high-tech, so that's why it's just sitting on my desk still. Huh. But I did make a, um, a whole, I don't know, I guess my daughter gets all this stuff, or I should, I want to donate um, some of this stuff to the uh, maritime thing in Buffalo. I did actually make a, um, a scrapbook for them, because he was always in the newspaper for doing things, because he was like the only diver in the uh, areas before there were police divers in Buffalo. So, yeah, I don't know. No, make make sure, you know, the, the historically significant stuff, make sure it gets a, a place in a library so it's not lost forever. 
Um, but that, like my dad, I've got thousands of pictures of my father and his Korea service. I have no idea what's going to become of those things because they don't mean anything to anybody but uh, his family members. Thank you very much, no. Susie. I, I appreciate the call. All right. All right. Her dad was on the, uh, our grandfather was on the USS Bennington when it was a brand new vessel. Brand new. It was only a few months old, and uh, he was on it. Let's go to Leah, Grand Island. You are on WBEN. You have any cool family history stuff in your possession? Oh, my gosh. Do I? Well, I'm just like you. I've got my grandparents, um, you know, uh, table set. <laughs> but I was... <laughs> But I like it. Um, but I was calling actually about my grandfather. He was in the U.S. Army. He was a bombardier in World War II. And um, my dad's the oldest, and he's got, like, all his stuff. My grandfather's been gone for a long time. And I'm the family historian. No one else wants this. So I got all of his stuff from World War II. So I was looking through the bag, and I found medals. I've got typed out, um, uh, like, a list of all the missions that he flew on and that he bombed, and I found a year, it was like a yearbook of um, all the bombardiers, because apparently he, he was in bombardier school, and then they sent him out to the Army, to, you know, on the missions. But then he came back, and he was a teacher, which nobody knew. He was a teacher in New Mexico teaching the next wave of bombardiers for World War II. Do you know how many World missions War. he flew? Um, uh, at least 18, probably more. I'd have to look and see. Um, but I have the whole list at home. I mean, it's like it's everywhere, like Switzerland, Germany, Italy, all these different places that they bombed. Well, I hope they weren't bombing Switzerland because it was a neutral country. No, maybe it wasn't Switzerland. Maybe it was like right near Switzerland, like northern Italy. Um, but it was really cool. And then as I'm looking through further, I found a card. He was in Alamogordo, New Mexico, teaching bombardier school when they shot off the nuclear the nuclear bomb. Oh so my goodness! To that. So, so what did he say about that? Was it mind blowing? He never talked about it to anybody. No one knew. No one knew he even was in New Mexico. Wow, that, that man could definitely keep a secret. Yeah. So I don't know, like, what I do with this someday, you know, but. Well, my kids are younger, but I, I, I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> well, I, I, look, I understand. I believe me, I understand where you're coming from. But the the worst thing I think that can happen is you give it to a kid who then has a kid who then has a kid who just doesn't care and throws it all out. Yeah. And but you have no control over that. So that's why I say, you know what? Take the choice morsels and make sure a museum gets them, and the rest of the stuff, whatever happens, happens. You're not going to be here to worry about it. Right. Right. I put some of the stuff on the internet already, like on genealogy pages. Yeah, because I can take a picture of, of like all the all the guys that were bombardiers. It was amazing. That I'll tell you something. That is a super cool story. I'd like to see that list of the places he bombed: uh, Hamburg, Dresden, Heilbronn. Any of those names ringing a bell? Yeah, yeah. I could take a picture and email it to you when I get home. Yeah, if you feel like it, sure. I'd be interested. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, love. I appreciate the call. Okay, bye, Tom. All right. Uh, that What a cool family memento. Uh, again, I had no idea we were doing this as a topic. It's just kind of the show evolved into this, so it's 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 on you guys, man. Here's Tom in West Seneca. Tom, you're on WBEN. What do you have that's super cool? Well, um, I had an uncle just like your previous caller. Um, my uncle uh, was on the October 14th Schweinfurt mission, uh, known as Black Thursday. 
and he's lucky he made it back. Uh, his pilot was dead, according to the article in the Buffalo News. His pilot was dead. His co-pilot was wounded but still managed to fly the plane back to England, and they belly-landed it back in England, and that was his last bombing mission. <laughs> now, let me just uh, – I'm trying to get this straight. Now, um, there was a time – and you're going to have to help me out with this. There was a time when we were flying B-17s, which was what your uncle would have been on? And originally, the geniuses um, at the War Department didn't think the B-17s needed fighter escorts, that they would be self-contained apparatuses uh, just unto themselves, and they would do daytime bombing, um, and basically they got massacred because it turns out they did need fighter escorts. Yes, yes, and they, they had to fly later on at higher altitudes also. Oh, so that so that is that is the correct story. Your your family members survived that, and was it after that mission they changed strategy to realize, yeah, fighters are kind of important. Yes, yes, they did. That's when, the, and they also, like I said, they had to fly at higher altitudes, and it's colder up there at higher yep. altitudes, so they had to put like plastic bubbles on the side. He was a waist gunner. He was mm-hmm. a, um, a right side waist gunner, and. Um, he was awarded, uh, after that mission, he was awarded a medal, and I got the medal right here in front of me, um, from Winston Churchill. Uh, do you know what that medal says? Uh, it doesn't say anything on it. Uh, it's an air medal in a presentation box. Uh, it doesn't say anything on it. Was it personally given to him by Winston Churchill? Yes, him and the survivors of that raid. Wow. I, I'm going to have to look up that raid. That is, uh, wow, you, you've got quite a bit of family history there. That's got to send a chill down your spine. Oh, it does. It does. And, you know, his he, he died on Halloween night. So that uh, even makes things a little more interesting. <laughs> well, I got a list here of some of the, uh, he went on seven bombing missions before that. Uh, Rheims, France, September 26, 1943. Uh, October 2nd, Emden, Germany. October 4th, Frankfurt, Germany. October 8th, Bremen, Germany. October 9th, Gadia, Poland. October 10th, Munster, Germany. And then the, the Schweinfurt raid, the 14th, and that was that was his last bombing mission. Wow, that you know what that that's amazing and. You know, just to take that one step further, the B-29, which came after the B-17, a lot of people think the atomic bomb project, the Manhattan Project, the lady just talked about, Alamogordo, um, a lot of people think the A-bomb was the most expensive project of World War II. It was not. The B-29 project was the most expensive. And furthermore, even with the B-29, even though it could fly faster, further, and higher than anything else. It still needed fighter escorts. They still wanted fighter escorts when it was going over Japan. Sure, sure. And um, the big thing with the B-17s is it was the 88s. The German 88s were knocking them out of the sky. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, They also, as I'm sure you know, the Germans also improvised with those and used them as anti-tank weapons on the Eastern Front and probably the Western as well. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they come up. They had a hell of a weapon there, and that's for sure. Indeed. But I'm just glad. I'm just glad I, I got this. I kept this stuff, and the, 
I don't know. I'm single. I mean, I don't know who I'm going to leave it to, but uh, this is definitely cool stuff, and I'm not going to get rid of it. You know? Well, you know, we had some cool suggestions before for World War II places. I hope you listen to that, or you can check my Facebook page, Bowerly on WBEN, and maybe make arrangements uh, in advance uh, to make sure that they end up in a good place. But that's a fascinating uh, bunch of family history, sir. Thank you kindly. Okay, Tom. Thank right, you. Left. Thank you. Uh, wow, good good stuff. And don't, yeah, I, I call a lot of people love. Don't uh, don't don't take it for anything other than a just uh, hey, how's your uncle? Well, I got to tell you, man, you guys have some pretty cool family artifacts, uh, and it, it's tough to know what to hold on to and what to get rid of because you don't know what you don't know what your family is going to be like in fifty or seventy years. You might have a great family and everybody's got their stuff together, or you might spawn a whole line of degenerates who don't care about this stuff. You never know. It's out of your control. Let's go to, uh, see, right now my great-great-grandfather's probably saying, yeah, my diary ended up with the degenerate. Uh, here's Joanne in uh, in the Chictawaga. Joanne, what do you have? Hi. Uh, I have a picture of my Uncle George Cole from the Civil War. Well, that's super cool. How did it's you How did in, you get that? How did that stay in the family? It's frame with uh, the beveled glass. How did that stay in the family? A lot of those pictures ended up uh, going to antique dealers. Did you know anything about the backstory? Um, all I know is I got it from my Aunt Margaret, who also had a musket, but the musket is missing. Um, I thought you were going to say she also had a mustache. Oh no, musket! Gotcha. It also it's the full it's a picture of him sitting down and he's got a gun across his lap. He was on the Union side, and there's a a medal on his chest. And it turns out I have another uncle that was in the Civil War. Um, some man did some genealogy on the Cole family, and um, he gave me the whole genealogy. You know, going all the way back. Well, it's it's pretty cool. Now, is there any family resemblance between uh, George, the guy who was in the Civil War, and anybody in your family today? Oh, gee, I don't I don't really know. It's sort of a big straight nose. Um, could have been anybody. Um, there's only I only have two cousins left that are alive, so I'll have to donate it to you know either the historical society or something. Do you have any idea where your uh, was it your great uncle, great great uncle? Oh, he's got to be great 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 uncle. Do you have any idea where he might have been born? Uh, most of the most of the people came from Pennsylvania. Does Lodi, New York, ring a bell? Lodi, New York. Yeah, L O D I. Uh, the reason I ask is there was a very prominent Union officer named George W. Cole who was born in Lodi, New York. And I didn't know that. I just looked it up. Um, but, Joanne, uh, that's a really cool story about your Civil War photograph. I thank you very much. Okay. Yep. I mean, those those pictures, were so they, they cost so much money back then. And I've got one picture of my Civil War guy, but it was later in life. I don't have a single picture of him in his uniform. Here's uh, Rich on a cell phone. You're on WBEN. Family heirloom. What do you have? Hey, how you doing? Uh, family heirloom. I mean, we've got a few that have come down over the years, but the, the coolest thing that I think I've ever seen was my great-great-great-grandfather's scrapbook. 
that he had and maintained starting from pre-Civil War era of all the different newspaper articles and clippings from him and his brother and their performances as magicians. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were the Davenport brothers. Uh, Very, very well known. Uh, Some claim that they were spiritualists and could talk to the dead. They never claimed that themselves, but they never disavowed that either. And they performed all over the world uh, until the death of William Henry Davenport, who uh, died when they were on tour over in Australia, and that's where he's buried. My great-great-great-grandfather, Ira, ended up settling in Mayville, New York, and what their, their act was escapology and illusions. And um, in 1910 or 1911, I believe it was, he passed down a lot of his secrets to a young and up-and-coming magician named Harry Houdini. Yeah, I see that. I'm reading up on your family right now. Now, according to Harry Houdini, your ancestors um, admitted to Harry Houdini that they the whole spiritual thing was just an act. It was it was phony. Well, they, yeah, they didn't they didn't claim it. They were those were the illusions. But you know, at the time, that was really growing and becoming big. And you couldn't dissuade somebody. You know, if you said no, no, this is just magic or whatnot. And why kill the golden goose? I mean, everybody's coming there because they thought they saw these musical instruments being played by ghostly hands. Just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, um, Wikipedia says that in 1978, skeptic Joe Nickel discovered the Davenport scrapbook in the museum at Lilydale Spiritualist Assembly. Is that the diary or is that the scrapbook? That is the bad one. The, the good one um, which is in an incredible shape, and it has you, you can't forget one of the pieces in it. It's this list of prominent people to whom my great 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 grandfather was introduced, and he was also in the presence of. But on that list, at the top of the list of people he was introduced to, was Abraham Lincoln in 1864, and towards the bottom of that same list was John Wilkes Booth. I mean, it was. Kind of oh, chilly. Oh, that, oh, that I would love to see that page. You got to send me a picture of that page of the scrapbook. I got I got to move on. I I thank you very much. You can look up the Davenport brothers. There's a lot of info on them online. And how cool is it that they mentioned the the scrapbook at Lilydale? But our caller, he's got the good scrapbook in much better condition. You guys, I'll tell you something. I You never know who's listening to this show or what your background is. Um, I would definitely revisit this topic uh, in the future. What do you say, Josh? Like every day for the next week? Are you into yes, that? Yes, please. Okay, we'll do that. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.